Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 193, episode one of Daily's Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Uh, It is Monday, July 12th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Applejack, uh, which was my actual nickname for a week of basketball camp when I was a kid due to a hand twitch I had while holding an apple that caused me to just launch the apple across the cafeteria table into my coach's bowl of cereal milk. (laughs) (laughs) And he called me Applejack derisively for the rest of the basketball camp. Was he eating Applejacks? No, but it would have been, it would have been perfect, but he was, yeah, love, love when it wasn't, wasn't that, wasn't that the time when a coach would give you a toxic nickname based on something that was different about you? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, uh, that wasn't that bad. I mean, for all the things I, but I've always had trouble with my hands. I've never known what to do with my hands. And sometimes they'll just freak out and uh, throw an apple across the room. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Yes, going straight from the 818 to the 808. Coming soon to Oahu is your boy from the San Fernando Valley, Ooh. Mr. Hideo Noho. Yes. You know, Zeit Gang, I'm, I'm going to be making my way to Oahu, you know, so wow. if you got some recommendations, hit me up, you know, because I'm trying to I'm trying to take advantage of some of some free time, some working remote. But nice. yes, Hideo Noho in the building. Thank you for having me. And I hope to see you launch something involuntarily at some point. Across the room, Jack. I really <laughs> yeah. do. I've gotten better control of my hands, but they, they'll still freak out every once in a while. Do you, Wait, are like, we have- like alien limb syndrome? Yeah, a little bit, like some momentary alien limb syndrome. It came up because my three-year-old's having a lot of sleep trouble, and he crawled into bed with my wife last night and was hitting her and punching her. And she was like, do you ever have, like, weird, like, twitches and stuff? And I was like, huh, Huh. now that you mention it. I I don't uh, know. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I I never heard anything like that. That's wild. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the very talented actress, writer, podcaster, educator, Karama Dunkwa! Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Mr. Applejack and Mr. Miles. (laughs) Uh, I do have a question about that apple story, though. Was it yes. a red apple or a green apple? Because one a red of those apple. Is... Oh, that's the worst one. Yeah, I feel like that's worse. I'd rather have a green apple land in my cereal milk than a oh. red apple. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Wait, hold on. That's very specific. Why is that? I have no idea. I'm just okay. not well. <laughs> <laughs> I just know. I just like no. And I'm like, huh? I'm and now I'm sort of like, damn. Am I not thinking critically enough about some of the things he's saying? I, think <laughs> I might be thinking too critically about that story. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. feels like a yeah Tim Robinson sketch. I didn't on focus on the like limb aspect of it. I'm like, but right. what color was the apple? Yeah, <laughs> like I just had it about? right here, like next to my head, and then it just went like that. Boom! Just flew. Oh, flew so away it from wasn't. My mouth. I thought you wound up. No, no, you launched it. Oh, so was he just across the table from you? Yeah, he was just he was oh. like down the table. A few people. Oh man, it was like a salt table. bay situation, but like with an apple. Yeah, it was a it was a spastic salt bay situation. Oh, or like you were one of those card magicians and you're throwing a card. Right. Real quick, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now you see me. Yeah, and, and I've ruined your cereal milk with this half bitten apple. Karama, what is good? What's new with you? Uh, what's good? What's new? I'm about to move back to the eight one eight. What? What? Oh. Yeah, next week I'm moving to Van Nuys. So okay. excited about that. 
And then I just wrapped on season one of iCarly, where I was working in the writer's room, the reboot or Very revival, cool. I think is the technical term. But, you know, people just be throwing out rewords yeah. all over the yeah. place. Sure, sure. And uh, I have an episode that I got to write and it comes out in a couple of weeks. So that's what's new. Wow. Amazing. That's Amazing. so dope. Been yeah. intersecting with so much iCarly talent recently. And when <laughs> eventually we'll get Lacey back on here. But uh, I met I Francesca. I love Lacey. Over the weekend, Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Very lovely person. And I was just like, man, this, this seems like the best show to be working on. Yeah, no, I love Lacey. Love Francesca. God, I was like a huge Francesca stan before yeah, the show. And like when I got the list of people we who remember were those there, internet videos, I like had a heart attack and I texted all my friends. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Francesca Ramsey is going to be working in the room. And I like had to be normal for six months working oh, with her. Did you, how'd <laughs> you do? How'd yeah. you do as not trying great. to be normal? Not yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> you came holding a printout you wanted her to sign, like straight in front of your chest, like, hi, so it's my first day. I'm Karama. Blessedly, <laughs> we were working remote. Oh, right, right, right. So I did not, I would have. I would have. Right, I would have right. been like, hi, this is the video that you did like six years ago. Will you sign <laughs> printouts you sign of it? it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, just generally, I didn't do a great job of being normal, not just Francesca-wise. Sure, <laughs> the sure. first day of work, <laughs> we were introducing ourselves, and like I said that I thought that uh, Emotion by Carly Rae Jepsen was one of the best albums of all time, and I thought it was criminally underrated. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is not a normal way to introduce yourself. Just say yeah. your name and stop talking. Right. <laughs> oh, you just mm -hmm. came with a hot take right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. I will, well, somebody asked me, what has Carly Rae Jepsen been up to since Call Me Maybe? Which was a mistake on their part. But they <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I made I that think mistake that's on very early on in this show. And the CRJ <laughs> goons came for me. But yeah. shout out to y'all because you did convert me. Because so, so many people were like, put that out of your mind, what you mm -hmm. think you may know, and just put this album on. And listen to yep. it. And I'm like, this shit is just really good. This it's is like really solid good. pop music. Yeah. It's really good. It's really, yeah. really good. I have a, the, for my birthday, for my 30th birthday, the room got me a Carly Rae Jepsen quilt. Oh. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I carry it around with me when I like travel places. Like I'm Linus from the Peanuts. <laughs> Just with your edit, Carly Rae. Edit that out. Yet. Don't tell anybody that. Oh my God. No, let them know. <laughs> You know, because you're just letting them know. I do mm -hmm. so many of those hooks. I really like, I really, really, really like you. Like, you can, they're easy to sing and like, run away with me. There's so yeah. many earworms in that mm -hmm. album. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. You know what? And you know, maybe your oh, boy is having LA hallucinations uh, these days. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. LA hallucinations is my song. <laughs> I, 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 oh my gosh. Yes. You've just come that to whole the right album. Place. That whole album is good. I'm so glad I found my people. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a new, I'm so just, good. I'm, I'm CRJ curious. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm opening my, I'm expanding my horizons. And I realized, well, man, why did I have that all? Why did I have the wrong ideas about this? I think so many fandoms are really toxic in that they think if you haven't been there since day one, right. you don't, you don't have as much legitimacy as people who have been there since day one. And I don't think that that's true. I think that if you are gathering enjoyment from whatever the the fandom is, even if yeah. it is your first day when it's somebody else's 10,000th day, then good right. for you. And you don't yeah. have to be like, I know every song. I know every book. I know that is... she was third place on Canadian Idol. I know that she starred as Frenchie in Grease Live. I know that she played Dorothy in The Wiz in high okay, school, which whoa. is, Keep I have going. feelings about wow. that. Oh, <laughs> in The Wiz? 
The Wiz. Well, let's let's what? move past that because we really love emotion <laughs> and we want to have the positive yeah. vibes up. And you know, mm-hmm. high school is a, is a strange time, but yeah, for it sure, is. gatekeeping is just so exhausting because like. I've I myself have been like that, like when I was in college and stuff and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. going to college in the arts, like that was peak, like check out my fucking DVDs, check out my albums that I have. And you're, you're coming at people from like, oh, you don't know Portishead's dummy? What right. the fuck you talking? And then I realized that's just me because all I had for my personality or my identity was to say I knew a lot about this other shit rather than being more secure in who I just was fundamentally as a human being outside mm-hmm. of my interests. And then you have to realize, oh yeah, this let's just just welcome everybody. Especially with the new the newcomers can experience it and enjoy it in a way that you can't. So let yes. them let them have that. That's why actually you want to be and again, shout out to all the Zeitgang who are not not like being shitty about the my first early Carly Rae Jepsen takes, but we're very <laughs> much like, hey, I get it, but you should really you really owe it to yourself. You seem to like music, you should listen to it, you'll enjoy it. And I did. And even the subsequent albums. But yeah. I think, you know, as it relates to when like bringing somebody in, there's no better feeling actually when you put somebody onto something and you watch them light up being like, this is so good. You're like, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why those two guys, those brothers on like YouTube who do them like listening to songs for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why they're so popular because it's like, we love these songs. We get to watch them fall in love with these songs. Like when right. they heard that drum break on in the air tonight, they were like, what? Yo, what? Right. And I'm like, yes, that's how I felt too. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. But for us, we're all of our like, you know, dopamine receptors have burned out <laughs> in terms of like these <laughs> albums. So it happens. We're like, I just need this to live. But I'm, I, I enjoy seeing others get life. All right, Karamo, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. We're going to check in with that Iceland experiment with the four-day work week because they just, you know, as Americans, we know a four-day work week is a joke. For Anything less people. than a six-day work week is for lazies. And so we just want to check in and see how that turned out. We're going to talk about QAnon, what the latest manifestation of QAnon looks like. We'll look at streaming ratings and Barry Diller, uh, this article where an interview with NPR where Barry Diller was like, the film industry's dead and looks in the picture exactly like that old man mask that people use to rob banks. Have you seen that? Those, uh-uh. those old man masks? Oh, uh, what are the old? Oh, are they, have they been in movies? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I've ever one, yeah. heard. Look at, look at the picture of Barry Diller in this story. Like, he looks... I, and that is what the old man mask looks like. It's like a just standard oh, yeah. archetypal <laughs> old man head. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yep. like bulbous, like nose. Yeah. And just like yeah. thin salamander lips. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they just interviewed somebody in one of those masks and thought it was Barry Diller. <laughs> but <laughs> they interviewed a bank robber who just had a lot wearing, of takes like, on sunglasses. the film industry. <laughs> we will talk about some streaming numbers, all of that, plenty more. But first, Karama, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? I searched, are Neanderthals human? Because I wasn't 100 Mm. on that. Because I know that some people have Neanderthal DNA, but we talk about Neanderthals like they're different from people. And they like kind of are, but also kind of aren't. So I was like, what's the deal there? What's Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there a recent discovery that Neanderthals have were like creating art? 
I think so. I think so. That sounds right. But they are human, but not the same way we are. So we kind of absorbed them and then replaced them. But like if we were able to reproduce with them, I feel like that to me feels human. I mean, I'm not going to be able to like reproduce with a snake and have like a snake person. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Have you met my (laughs) ex-wife? Okay, like Kevin James from 2007. That was that old prospector, Will Ferrell. You never slept in with a snake before. Yeah. So, you, yeah, I feel like if you can procreate, it's oh, yeah. something's matching up. But I guess that, yeah. So, some people you're saying do, like, is that is that just to take a shot at somebody? Being like, you got Neanderthal DNA. Or no, on like 23 and me, do, they're like, hey. Yeah. On your 23 oh. and me, they'll be like, you have 1% Neanderthal DNA. Or you have more Neanderthal DNA than is average for humans. (laughs) I have not done 23andMe. I'm not trying to sell my spit to anybody. Not sell it. Pay for spit. I'll sell my spit. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I'm not paying. On a subreddit for people who who are into that. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Hit me up if you are interested in paying me for spit. Don't actually do that. Please don't do that. (laughs) Reddit r slash spit BST. Buy, sell, and trade. That's what the stands for. I, yeah, there, so there's a new study out or a new discovery in a Neanderthal camp where there's like some kind of little sculpture looking thing. They, they seem to have a very low threshold for what is considered art, but it's still. <laughs> so this, this is I surprising. Just love where me. the snake is starting like scathing attacks on Neanderthal <laughs> art. Well, th- this is surprising me that it's like. Was were Neanderthals making art, and then it just looks kind of like a whittled down, I don't know, something or other. But Neanderthals, I think, I think one thing that we overlook a lot when we think about Neanderthals is that the reason that we survived and they didn't is that we were the crueler version. <laughs> like we, yeah, we, yeah, we killed oh. them off. Like we, you know, used our big ass brains to kill them off, and like they were potentially more peaceful and less likely to like scheme and come up and like you know have zero sum uh, outcomes with with regards to resources and so homo sapiens killed them off like that's one of the main theories uh, one of the prevailing theories these days but when we think neanderthals we're thinking like big mean dumb like violent right. and it's and like no like they were people. actually more peaceful mm-hmm. Than yeah. us. That's why yeah, we're like, here. That's nice. Love yeah. that legacy. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're here because we kill the weaker ones. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where my brain was going last night. I was like, what are Neanderthals? Are they people? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. yes. And they were like people, chill version. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I, I just like, Jack, you, you just start a podcast. You're just. You're you're doing just critiquing Neanderthal art. <laughs> the critique of like, I've just this new excavated king scallop shell from Cueva and Ton, Spain, from the Neanderthals. I'm looking at decorative shell. This just looks like a broken fucking shell, folks. This isn't I mean, art. That like as somebody, I'm coming from a place of somebody who has to look at five year old and three year olds art. And come mm-hmm. up with like value, be like, wow, that's really great. And like, this would be one of the ones that I would be like, let's move past that one and like move on to the next piece of art that you created. <laughs> Cause this just looks like some, like it could have happened accidentally. 
Wait, do you have to like struggle to come up with nice things to say about your kids' art? That no, I so just sad. stopped trying a long time ago. I was just like, I always get excited when I see terrible. little kid art. No, I'm, I'm like, look at you. You're no, doing I, it. I do. I'm like, <laughs> you look at it. Doting and split. Like I, I just start massaging your temples when you see it. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. I love how I'm like, Jack, are you a bad like... dad? Are you like yeah. a terrible father? <laughs> Jack, are you a fucked up dad? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm... No. I have God. kids with fucked up art skills, though. <laughs> <laughs> we just discovered my three-year-old is a lefty like me and my wife. Oh. So that's exciting. Oh, wow. news. Yeah. How do, wait, well, how do you, what's the point where you figure out like what? Is it what they eat with or? How, well, my mom, that? my mom was like, oh, I could have told you that like a year and a half ago, but it's uh, what they draw with, what they eat with, but also like what, when he's like sleeping, what thumb he sucks and stuff like that and what he's using to do those sorts of things. Oh, okay. Do you suck the dominant thumb or the non-dominant thumb? So it's weird. I suck my left thumb, but my wife, no, I'm just sure. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my wife split my left thumb. You you suck the, you suck the dominant thumb. And that's actually uh, how they know that handedness is something that's not socially proscribed and is actually something that like starts in utero because left-handed babies will suck their left thumb in utero. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So shout out Just to learn, learning more lefties. More. Either of you guys lefties? No. Nah. Nope. My mom is. Nice. So I just grew up is. always being like, hey, you got to sit on this side of the table because my knife hand is going to keep jabbed. We're going to keep bumping elbows. Right. Yeah. That's like the one thing I that's my one, you know, prevailing spirit experience with a left handed person. What is something you think is overrated? Something I think over is overrated is fireworks. It's been a week plus since mm-hmm. the 4th of July and I'm still traumatized. Like, I just hate fireworks. I don't get it. And like, I think that there's value in ephemeral forms of entertainment. Like, it's not that I'm like, oh, fireworks disappear. What's the point? And then you take pictures of them and nobody looks at them. Like This is a very, very Neanderthal take on our modern <laughs> fireworks. I just, where does it go? <laughs> I, just, I just think that they're scary and loud and yeah. not worth the, like, small ounce of, like, enjoyment. I think there are cooler things that we probably have the technology, like the things that they do with drones in the sky. And I feel like it's probably better for the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't catch things on fire. Like if you want to look at pretty lights in the sky, there are ways to do it that aren't terrifying. It's called mushrooms, y'all. You don't even need fireworks. (laughs) Just wave your hand in front of your face. It's a party. But I think I don't like little shits setting off fucking bang bangs in my neighborhood. Like M80s and shit. Because I have, there's some badasses where I live, apparently, because it sounded like people were setting off dynamite. And I'm like, yeah. that's not even a firework. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. you see stuff go up and people do their little tiny little sky mm-hmm. bangerangs or whatever they're called. But when people just set off, like, explosives, like, it's so bad for, like, my pets and stuff. Like, I came home early on the 4th of July and I just blasted the gap band throughout my house because I'm like, Charlie Wilson's voice can neutralize the sounds of explosions for my pets. And that's all I had to do. But I do love a good, like, professional fireworks show. I think that could yeah. be just because in Japan, they're, like, huge. And, like, I grew up every summer always seeing, like, massive fireworks displays. But at the local, like, sparklers are cool. You know what I mean? Those little snake things are cool. Yeah. Massive, I like, like, Harry Kane. When I go to, like, Disneyland, I'm like, yeah, pretty. But also they're doing that every night. I feel so bad for the people of Anaheim. 
Like, can you imagine? Oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if they have like a clear zone where, like, within this range, like people shouldn't like have residences. Because, yeah, that would that would be a lot of, I guess, sounds of joy, but it would also just be a lot of uh, a lot of screaming, a lot of kids crying, a lot mm-hmm. of fireworks. I don't yeah. think anyone shares a wall though with like Disneyland. Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think it's just We're like, hey, hey. hey. Hey, stop Duplex. it over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just in the background, it's a world of laughter, a world yeah, of like, tears when you're like trying to make mac and cheese. <laughs> like, how did we how did we end up sharing a wall with the it's a small world ride? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like there's something very basic in humans that like they needed to get out these fireworks, man, this year. Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't have it last year. And oh, no, I there, was last just, year. there was just something that, yeah, that's true. We we did have them like for <laughs> local, months, but there the wasn't like version, the yeah, going massive show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I was saying on the show, it sounded like a bowl of Rice Krispies for three straight hours in my, in my neighborhood. Just like that much <laughs> popping and popping and popping, like multiple every second for like three hours straight. Oh, yeah. It was wild. But I mean, yeah, they you always hear about these horrible accidents. There's always like the there's an NHL goalie yeah. who got died. hit with one and yeah. died. Yeah, I, I didn't even that. know that was possible. I think he it, apparently like he was it, like it was like a mortar tube type thing, and I think it hit him in the chest or something. Yeah. Oh no. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's I'm like uh uh-uh. uh like I'm look I was a little badass pyromaniac, but there I've seen enough I've had enough near terrible accidents to be like. There's certain things like if you're not a professional pyrotechnician, yeah. leave it alone, please. Yeah. For your own safety. Yeah, for sure. And even professionals screw up. I mean, do you guys remember yeah. the maybe you don't because I don't think either of you have lived in Rhode Island, but the station fire in Rhode Island, there was this band. I can't remember what they were called. It was like white something. And oh, yeah, they had yeah, yeah. pyrotechnics and a bunch of people died because they were all like struggling to get out of right. the club after the pyrotechnics went off in a wrong and unsafe way. And I'm just like, yeah, mm, it's not white. worth it for me. Yeah. yeah. Great white. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. But I also feel like it's one of those things that we'll just never, never get past for some reason. Cause Oh no, for sure. Uh, not. Yeah, but yeah. I think that they are overrated every yeah, now and then. Sure. sure. Do we need them multiple times a year at multiple holidays with multiple places doing them? I don't know. Not for yeah. me. Yeah. It's not, it's not good for people who have dogs. It's not good for uh, war veterans. It's not good Mm-mm. for all sorts of people. Like people who go to sleep. No one early. No one wants to suddenly hear like a just a huge boom out their window. Like it's just not, especially not when, again, you're being like, I'm going to a fireworks display. Therefore, I will be looking at the source of the sounds. Mm-hmm. Right. Just trying to sleep and watch the challenge on Paramount Plus and have things going off in your head, disrupting your viewing time. Shout out to Paramount Plus. <laughs> Does allow you to envision what it would be like if there was a massive war in your town. Because it's just like the the sound the soundtrack sounds very similar, I think. There's some visualization exercises I don't need to do. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you think is underrated, Karama? I'm going to say it's a two-way tie between therapy and rabbits. Ooh. I... <laughs> I mentioned to you earlier off mic that 
I just found out that I'm allergic to rabbits. And that like made me so sad. Like it was an indescribable loss that I was like, wow, I don't know when I'm going to hold a rabbit next and if it will be a joy to me. Because every time I see a rabbit, instantly I'm happier, instantly happier. I we have wild rabbits out here in the Coachella Valley. So sometimes I'll just be like chilling in my room and I look out the window and there's a rabbit. Yeah. And I'm just like, best day ever. And I just go funny. And then I'm happy. I agree. There's something I don't know if it's because like from childhood, like rabbits have always we've never seen them as being like vicious animals unless you watch mm-hmm. was it the life of Brian or or is it the Holy Grail? Holy Grail. Yeah. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. Grail. And that was I think the only time I can really think of our, me seeing a rabbit being like, ah, like when I was younger <laughs> and every other time they're like whimsical. And when uh, we did a live show out in Minneapolis, like mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2020, I, I, I didn't know that there was just bunnies everywhere. And so in like we city, were in the yeah. snow and like in the alleys, they're just hippity hopping around. And I was like, I couldn't contain my sort of childlike joy of unseen. Yes. I'm like, hey, man, I think there's rabbits on the loose. And someone's like, no, 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 this is this is this is what's this is part of the <laughs> That's what we have here. instead of rats. I'm like, oh, wow. buddy, buddy rabbits. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to therapy, too. Good yeah, thing you didn't therapy. find out you were uh, allergic to therapy. I guess That's the, just not the two out. things. Yeah. No, no, no. No. I skipped therapy for one week and I was just a wreck. I was like, no, I need it. I need to talk to somebody. I can't hold everything. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, again, I I tell I'm such a I preach the gospel of therapy as much as I can to friends and family, because honestly, I'm someone who has thought themselves very emotionally intelligent. And I've spent a lot of time reading a lot of psychology books and self-help books. But mm-hmm. those truly only get you to a certain point, like without someone who is trained to help you navigate sort of your own patterns and proclivities and things like that, Mm -hmm. you won't arrive at a place to have that true level of self-awareness where you can begin to see like, oh, when when I'm stressed and these kinds of things happen, I typically go down this path where now you can start seeing things and sort of really understanding yourself rather than being caught in a loop of being like, why am I stressed out? Or like beating yourself up for being angsty or depressed or whatever and truly understanding yourself so you can then be like how you like, really, I think the biggest thing for me being in therapy has been, you know, you'll have a friend who like may, might be telling you something and, and t- t- tell you about what they're going through. And they're kind of being they're like beating themselves up. And you're like, oh, come on, don't do that. And then you're able to be like, because of this, this, this and this. But you're unable to do that for yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you'll have the exact same monologue or inner monologue that is almost word for word what someone who isn't you said. And you were able to have the wherewithal to soothe them make them understand what's going on and not bad but with therapy like i'm able to actually walk myself through that as i would for someone else and i think that's really that's like mm-hmm. when you start feeling the the good vibe so shout out to dr shamitra james you know my therapist love you shamitra all right let's take a quick break and we'll be right back And we're back. And speaking of self-care, Iceland and Japan just completed some lengthy trials to understand what the effects of a four-day work week would be on companies, on on employees. And I, I'm assuming, I didn't look at the results. I'm assuming it's just like the society fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, no. Exactly. Four days a week. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, bankrupt your business because you're drone workers or 
fucking around, enjoying their families. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of countries have experimented with this. And yeah, Japan is like trying to propose it officially as Spain. Like they're really trying to have lengthy trials to, you know, fundamentally shift how we understand work Um, and also just understanding like what its effects are. So in Iceland, they had one of the like probably at this point, the most comprehensive trial experiment in the world ran from 2015 to 2019 across different industries to truly understand like what. What happens if we take people from going five days a week to four days a week and same hours a day, eight hour day, but just four of them now, or maybe 36 hour work week, Mm -hmm. but give them three days where they're not working and don't and don't reduce their pay. Here we go. Quote, workers reported experiencing better health and less stress and burnout, and they had more time to spend with their families or on leisure activities. Productivity and service provision either remained at similar levels or improved in the majority of workplaces. Huh. So huh? that's like, yeah, it's wonderful to hear. The thing I want to say to all of our American listeners is the big difference is that in Scandinavia, the trade unions are stronger than fucking Bruce Banner when he's pissed off. Mm. They are, they don't fuck around and they are able to actually, you know, use their collective might to work for better outcomes for laborers. And, This is the other thing is we also have a very, you know, very capitalistically worshiping society. And on top of that, we have, you know, big business always at war with organized labor and a Supreme Court that doesn't care about anything. So we have a few things that we'd have to possibly overcome. Mm -hmm. Plus, the government invested massively in this program because as they see it, this is about fundamentally improving the lives of all of their citizens what a concept that's not the that's not the government's job come yeah, on yeah you get out of here that. yeah, yeah no, in america instead of instead of having you know protecting the rights of the laborers we create somebody who is the richest man on earth and becomes a famous celebrity by taking advantage of the fact that america doesn't have good representation for their workers and that he can make them not be able to go to the bathroom when they want to. Are you talking about CEO, entrepreneur, <laughs> born in 1964, Jeffrey Bezos? Yeah, we. <laughs> so our way, our way is that we just create celebrities and that and we root for them for some reason instead of, you know, rooting for working for better lives for ourselves. We yeah. create people who can uh, go to space because they're so rich. Yeah, when it should be like Game of Thrones, like Cersei with the haircut, ringing the shame bell, like right. marching yeah. billionaires through the street, be like, "Let's yeah. go, Jeff." Shame, people be like, "Boo, motherfucker!" Yeah. Like, you know, that would be very <laughs> cathartic. And then we distribute all of his, redistribute all of his wealth. But, but it's kind of like what we were talking about with the with the uh, economists on last week's kind of format breaking episode. Oh my gosh, there's a rabbit outside my window. I just needed to what? tell you guys that I'm so what? excited. <laughs> it just it hopped away as soon as I pointed at it. Oh, it was amazing. just like here for a brief, not a long time. Sorry, continue. But it's it feels like it's such a cellular thing. Like the just it's so down to the American psyche and the fact that America loves an individual and hates a collective that like they they will do something as stupid as like let somebody become the richest person in the history of the planet and start thinking about how they're going to get them and their family off the planet Earth once they ruin it. And we'll root for that and read headlines about that and read news about that and just won't won't even let people unionize like who worked for that person. 
Yeah. It's it's I, I don't know what else uh what the battle's gonna look like in the United States, but I mean I think this is what this does and like the sort of the foothold that a lot of countries are finding themselves gaining, or at least people who are interested in these four hour work weeks, is that it's really helping to just change the narrative around what it means to like work and rather than it feeling like a natural part of life, because truly we're we're not you know, this, we're not the way society set up. It's everything feels completely unnatural. Like it's purely to survive is why people are working. And I think by having like these experiments to sort of change around what it means, like depending on certain types of industries and things like that, it's clear that if we work less without having wages cut, we're happier. But I think in this country too, you see employers clearly don't want that to gain too much traction because we have so much back to normal messaging that we're being bombarded with constantly. And it completely ignores the fact that all of these people passed away, that most of us know someone who has passed away, that most of us were dealing with our own shit from everything that's happened in the pandemic. So to start like shoveling this like back to normal stuff is part and parcel to also be like, we can't let these people get in any ideas on how to shift things because the longer they're not in the slog or the grind of like this 40 hour or 50 hour, or 80 hour work week, you know, then they're going to then ideas begin to sprout and, you know, movements can uh, tend to gain momentum. So it's 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 a tough road. Well, and the thing about the back to normal messaging is that a lot of companies prior to covid did not offer work from home options for people with disabilities. They just mm-hmm. didn't. They were like, oh, it's too hard. We can't do it. And then in a week, switched to it when it was like, oh, oh we don't want to die. We don't want right. to have bad things happen to us. And this back to normal thing is making it so that people who were finally able to work from home and do remote work because of their disabilities when they hadn't been able to do that before are kind of shit out of luck. And it's just, really concerning to see that mm. we're not thinking of things holistically. We're not looking at the big picture. How has this been better for people? And there are obviously some industries where it is much harder to work from home. Like yeah. I I was just working on a TV show. It's not easy to do a TV show when everybody's working from home. Is it possible? Absolutely. Except with the actors, that's the part where it gets kind of tricky. But I mean, they made that show on NBC connecting where all the actors were in their houses. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot that can be done. And that was specifically about COVID and about like connecting with people through computer screens and all of that. So that was a special situation. But I think that back to normal is really short sighted. And I think that looking more. It is violent. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Looking more at these four day work week options. Shoot, I'm down for a three day work week. I just feel like we define ourselves too much by work. So like a couple of years ago, I stopped asking people what they do. Like, right. oh, what is your job when I meet them? Because it's like, mm, that doesn't matter. And like half of my friends, I don't understand or know what their jobs are, but I know right. who they are. Right. Right. It's more like, what are you into? That's what I like to ask. Like, what are you into? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's I'll, your thing I'll, is my, yeah. my question. They're like, oh, I like to play, you know, banjo or whatever and, and do and surf and stuff. I'm like, OK, that, see, I, I learn I can get more of an idea than that than being like mm-hmm. I work at, for HR at Best Buy. Yeah, but just exactly. this, the idea that this is like almost like it's not it's not a thing where you subtract hours from people's work week and you subtract the hours of productivity. It's 
it's more of a thing where you subtract hours, but then productivity either stays the same or goes up because they are just happier and like better versions of themselves uh, and more rested. And there's just overall like a higher morale. Like that is not, it's very counterintuitive. It's, it's almost like you're adding by subtracting. And I, I'm just hoping that the business world can kind of get their mind around that because it does, it seems like a just overall better for health, better for probably everything if you're yeah. if you have more well-rested happier employees i mean you go to any country where there's some semblance of real you know robust social safety nets or people's needs are provided the vibe is so different like when yeah. you go to a country mm-hmm. like that i remember you go to like the first time i went to scandinavia i was like what the fuck <laughs> they're like, just happy they're just motherfuckers happy. are frolicking in a park and shit <laughs> i'm like the fuck is this and i'm all, like at first i had to realize i'm like oh man i'm like this fucked up burnt out city rat from the u.s <laughs> and i'm looking at like a culture where people at the very least know well if i want to get an education that's that's an option for me if i need medical care that's an option for me if i need to take care of my children or an ailing loved one that's an option for me right and when you see those things, people like when they're unburdened with those things or it's not even part of their con- like concept of what life is, it makes for very just jovial people, very kind people. And like even when you go to, you know, to p- places where seemingly in the U.S. you'd like, well, fast food or retail or whatever, like it's it's just a, it's a hard job to do and it's underpaid. And you go to places where people are paid like a, an actual living wage. It's like they were mm-hmm. smiling and shit and like. <laughs> They said they, they apologized because they didn't put the extra onions on. I, I don't know what to say. But yeah, this is again, it's just it's really something to just see how different vibrationally people are. Yeah. When uh, so many of these things are off of their plate. There's something different about the energy when your government, when when the ruling order of the land is not we're willing to starve you to death in order to keep things moving around here. Like, yeah, you know, I saw this yeah. TikTok that shook me to my core. There was this <laughs> Australian woman and she was showing how her kids daycare sends the kids home with dinner for the adults. And I was like, wow. I don't understand what this is. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. And they don't pay extra. It's part of like the 60 Australian dollars that they pay a day for daycare. And I'm like, that's first of all. That daycare there seems affordable and reasonable. And then you get food like they feed your kids. They send the kids home with a plate for you. Yes. What? And a good fuck? plate. It looked like good food. It did not look like gross cafeteria food like square pizza. Yeah, it wasn't pizza. fire I fest. love square pizza, but it's gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love square. It's all, it's all you know, all, all yeah. in uh, context. But yeah, that's, yeah, every time I see things like that, I mean, it's energizing because I'm like, well, fuck. I mean, the, some some places are doing it humanely or you see like what paternity leave or parental leave is is mm-hmm. for people. And you're like, I'm sorry, how many months is it now <laughs> to start your family? Right. It's like they want you to they want you to win. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. Bonkers. That makes so much sense to me as just the the act of like feeding your kid is is so many hours you know 
right. like of just planning, even if you order out, it's like a lot of planning and going to pick it up and yeah. Versus like, Hey, I'm fed. Hi dad. Here's your dinner. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is that? Right. It's like, uh, hi, I've come back uh, with a, a, a plate full of, of food for you and, 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 and marijuana. Because, you know, it's tough out here. I'm like, what the fuck daycare is this? Thank you. The woman <laughs> said that there were families that did not take that option. And I'm like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> like, are right, you kidding right. me? They I don't wonder even know if they're what they like, have. You think they're like scoffing at it or they're like, thank you so much. We we're, <laughs> we're, we'll be fine without that. I'm like, well, if the first one's good, I'm like, this is easy. Yeah. Take sometimes families I get without like two working parents. So one parent stays home and they're like, oh, we'll just cook up for our food for ourselves or something. Right. Right. But yeah. hey, Ozzy's like, gang, that it's if, even Ozzy's it, gang, if you know about these daycare meals, send us a review. You know, what's. But what what what's what's usually coming with that? Not to say that it's the fine dining, but shit, I I, I like food. Yeah. And other any anyone from another country, if you if there's something that your government like a nice perk that like your government or like workplace or whatever it is could, provides for you that Americans couldn't couldn't possibly imagine, hit us up with that too. I, I'm Don't curious. talk about healthcare though. Like we know, we know, <laughs> we, know. We, get we get it. We get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about QAnon. And we're back. And all right, so QAnon seems like they are. It it would seem like it's almost good news that QAnon is like sort of getting a level of awareness about themselves that like, oh, this is a bad look. But <laughs> they they're also using that to like become strategically more dangerous, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So like one thing they're doing is going on school boards, which is really worrying. Yeah, we talked about that at a recent like Q convention or whatever. That's what the, the big thing was like. That's what we have to do. And ever since that Q account went dark, all of the these followers have been in limbo. Some people have just been like, dude, this is so, this was so fucking stupid. Like the storm is never coming. And it's and other people are really trying to keep their hope alive. And those that are still, you know, invested in this conspiracy theory, you know, against satanic Democrats who, you know, they've adopted a new tactic, like you're saying, they're running for school board. And Mike Flynn told them, uh, he said, quote, local action equals national impact. Take responsibility for your school committees or boards. Get involved in the uh, education of our children. Run for local, state and or federal office. No more excuses. So now they what they're doing is because they can no longer wait for whatever Q was promising. They're just marching forward with this idea of like, well, then we need to save this country we will begin to go into the places where children are being educated. We can begin to define what books need to be read, what isn't going to be taught or what will be taught and really start throwing their weight around ideologically. And they also have realized they like you're saying they got it. They have to stop claiming QAnon. Right. So this this expert who writes about him said, quote, if you identify as QAnon, people look at you like you're crazy. But if you passionately talk about how we need to be saving children and protecting them from trafficking, then you come off as a compassionate person who really cares about the welfare of children. You're no longer one of those crazy cult people who thinks Hillary Clinton is trafficking kids in a tunnel under Central Park. And in Michigan, there were students who were demanding that a school member resign because she was so up in Q world and her like Twitter was just uh, just straight Q stuff. 
And she would and she refused to resign. And then when the press asked her about, you know, like what's going on and like, you know, are you do you follow QAnon? She said, quote, there's no such thing as QAnon. Wow. Real. So they're doing this like winky shit. Yeah. You know, and trying to get in in these sort of off year, low turnout local elections because no one's watching. And those are easy ways to get in and get a foothold. But it's 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 really wild. I mean, even though these people are very easy to spot because eventually they'll start saying some shit that is not about education, then you can begin like, oh, okay, I think I I know who you are. But they're being very strategic in acting than maybe in playing dumb if you start talking about QAnon. And so the thing that they're putting forward is their opposition to child trafficking, which seems like, yes, okay, that's something that we all can get behind, except the way they picture child trafficking and describe it when they're talking about, like, saving our children is they're picturing these, like, groups sneaking into homes, uh, usually probably they think Democrat groups, but sneaking into homes and kidnapping their children from their suburban beds and selling them to be distributed in furniture ordered online or whatever. But so it's like built on the satanic panic of the 80s, mm-hmm. the stranger danger panic in like starting in the 70s and going into the 80s. And that's still around today, which is even though crime has dropped precipitously since like the 50s, 60s, 70s, we still think that children are constantly in danger in our communities because of like how the local news has turned into just a litany of, you know, stories about kidnappings and children being missing. And the the truth is that child trafficking is uh, most often caused by poverty, underrepresented communities, the child welfare system being underfunded and broken, drug abuse, poor mental health support, and most importantly, a labyrinthine immigration system that, and I can't stress this enough, separates children from their fucking parents at the border and doesn't reconnect them. Like, right. And so it's just like all these systemic problems that their chosen party loves to underfund or, you know, just deconstruct is what is fueling the problem that they're quote unquote, like trying to fight, but it like doesn't their actual like politics, them having positions on school boards or any decision making body will actually lead to increased child trafficking just because they are fucking up those systems that cause child trafficking. Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing. And especially when like a lot of people who are truly like, you know, active in the space for advocating for victims of child trafficking. They're like, mm-hmm. please, you're doing this all wrong. If you really give a fuck, come talk to us. Like, they we would love. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you realize it's like everything, right? Where a lot of these kind of conservative conspiracies and things, pro- it's never about what the fuck they're talking about. It's right. always a battle against progress. That's all it is. And this one is just, this has been taken up by more people who have, that hook is a little more attractive to them than like, Whatever, if it's, you know, the government's going to take your guns, there's that group of people who really just don't mm-hmm. like that they're seeing this the face of America change and look more diverse. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, and uh, granted, there's all kinds of diverse Q followers. But at the end of the day, if you when you really start reading into it, it'll always end up in some kind of George Soros anti-Semitic trope. Some kind of like BLM is like making up everything to distract us from, you know, and it's all all roads are pointing back to 
just maintaining the status quo because one of their most vocal people in like this new sort of, you know, second wave QAnon or third wave QAnon, I don't know. I don't know what wave they're on yet. But, <laughs> you know, he's been out here saying the shit that you just hear about, like how most conservatives really want to, you know, sort of paint what's happening in culture. What they'll say is that the kids are being carried away. This is from this guy. Uh, his name's Drake Wirtz is his name. He says uh, they're being carried away through our education system, through the woke ideology that's infiltrated professional sports, through sexual grooming and pedophilia that's apparent in the entertainment industry. We need to we need to run for precinct committees. We need to run for city council, run for school board and primary the rhinos in this room. And all that to say is, right, we get it. You're looking at America changing very quickly and you're and you're accusing Republicans who aren't going like full force being like, put brown people into camps uh, that they're now Republicans in name only. So it's a very, you know, this is this this is the fucking foolish box that has been opened. And, uh, you know, this is now looking like something that could affect every single person now if this campaign yeah. to infiltrate local government is successful. So that's why I also suggest people, you know, look for holding office locally, you know, uh, see if you can get involved in your own community, because there damn sure are people who have the worst ideas trying to run your life at some point. So, well, it's, it's so frustrating because a lot of those people who have these very broken ideas of what the systems are and what the system should be and who are like, oh, yeah, run for office. They have a lot of inherited wealth that enables right. them to do that effectively, whereas the people who are trying to shift the system are still trapped by it and are less able to do things like run for office. So it's just right. like really infuriating. Grassroots organizing is so important. Make sure you know who's running down ballot in your elections and make sure you support people whose ideologies are the same as yours. And yeah. really don't just look at parties, look at actual platforms because just because someone says they're in your party doesn't mean that they have the same platform as you. No, not at all. And I think it's, it's also important to realize like, Unfortunately, like middle class, upper middle class, college educated people, especially white people, are not going to uh, be the same kinds of agents of change and a representative level that working class people would be if they had access to these levers, because people are looking at it from completely different experiences. Not to say there's no empathy, but just mm -hmm. if you look at what motivates people the people who are going to be able to bring as like the real kind of to articulate a lot of the things that really need to change are the people that are living day to day under the same stressors. And yeah, that's why, again, it's really important. Again, I know it's hard because shit, you could get blown out by some golf course, country club owning person's kid who wants to run for city council or local with neighbor precinct leader or whatever. But at the same time, you do see these small pockets where you know, people who are really dedicated are able to find the sub grassroots support to actually make a, you know, a formidable bid for mm -hmm. office. But yeah, it's it's just a lot to, to, to think about of at every level where you need motion and, and some radical change. You have people there who don't have the imagination to do it. So if it's brought to them, they're like, I don't know, this is this. That's not how we do anything here. And, yeah. you know, so they also get a lot things. of traction because they're operating through fear. Like I am a woman and I exist on the internet and I see a lot of like female spaces and a lot of fear mongering about getting trafficked in those female spaces. And it's always like, this is the new tactic that people are using in target parking lots. And it's always a target parking lot. 
Apparently, it never <laughs> happens in like a Kohl's parking lot. So shop yeah, at Kohl's if you're trying not to get traffic. Right. Um, this all the Kohl's. It's a psyop from Kohl's to be like, no, yeah. no what we're going to do is seed this idea that shit happens in a Target parking lot. Yeah. And then they're going to come, they're going to get their Kohl's cash. No, but seriously, it's always like at least once a week, I see a post in Facebook groups that I'm in for women. And I know I'm old, I'm still on Facebook, but I like it. Sue me. But it's always like if you see a person who asks you, this question about if you've seen where they have the Oreos, then they're going to kidnap you. And I'm like, or they're just somebody looking for Oreos and you are paranoid or like, like there are all these different signs and signals and this is the new way. And this is the new way. And at first when I started seeing them, I was like scared. I was genuinely scared. And then I started doing more research and it's like, no, it is still that satanic panic, stranger danger, like QAnon pipeline. It's all the same stuff. And they're just trying to, erase the fact that most trafficking happens from people that you already know and that you've built relationships with. And it's not about this stranger in like a cloak who's usually brown coming to get you and steal you away from your loving suburban family. Oh, yeah. 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 And there are victims of trafficking who have been lifelong, you know, advocates working Mm -hmm. with various administrations to try and, you know, actually attack the, you know, societal rot that makes trafficking possible and as frequent as it is. And they, when they try to correct the Q people online, I get accused of, you know, being part of the problem right. or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying the elites. Yeah. Being part of the cover up to, so that, I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating that is, but all right. Well, Get involved in your local politics. You, yeah. you, even if it's not you, find a person who you or be aware at the very least. Don't let don't don't get blindsided by not knowing who you know who's trying to make decisions in your community. Yeah, absolutely. And it's man, it's so easy to you know because we have so much focus in on our media on the federal level and things like that. But shit, when you when you really look at how your own cities run, you'll either be like really impressed and you're like oh wow like i'm wow this is great or you might be horrified and then you might realize okay so rather than when the next election comes up i just don't go d or whatever party i'm voting for and realize this person is actually against addressing homelessness like aggressively so no i don't care how long you've been there that's because we need people now who are looking at it differently not here to take up for the you know caruso real estate group and follow the money because like I found it very suspicious when Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and all those people were like, we don't have money to pay our employees, but then funneled all of their money into that campaign about yeah. how we don't have money to pay our employees. So make it so they're independent contractors, please. And yeah. it's garbage and costs have yeah. gone up and they don't have protections. Like there are not protections against reporting sexual assaults the same way that there would be were they employees. Right, they're, right. They just aren't there. Yeah, so, yeah. Now thanks. I find myself even less. I'm like, fuck it, I'll drive because I'm. Yeah. A part of me is like, I used to just, you know, would like tip to offset, you know, like what it because I know for a lot of the time, like you barely cover your gas if if people aren't mm-hmm. tipping you correctly. But now, like when you see like what they're caught because a lot of people have just stopped doing it because mm-hmm. on like the math just doesn't work for them. Like, you no, know, these are not. I'm I'm in the in the red when I when I drive for Uber. So how mm-hmm. does that work for me? And I think yeah, like I'm like, well, you know. I'll start driving, take a cab if I have to. But you'd hope that, you know, as public as transit Uber stuff. 
would be yeah. great if that were a better option in oh, the in city we live in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, eventually, eventually, eventually. I mean, it. <laughs> I, I, my friend came over on Fourth of July and was like, when he was leaving, he was like, "Oh, I need to, like, I, I'm gonna have to take the bus because the fucking Uber rates were they they knew how many people needed Uber that day, and so they were just crazy." But you know, mm-hmm. he takes the bus. People take the bus in LA. Oh no, I'm not. People I'm not do. saying that at all. But I'm saying it's tough though. Like the way it's set up though, like it's inefficient, and yes. it, yeah, yeah, it, for sure. it, it ends up taking away hours in the day for people who if they had a car like you know they wouldn't be spending like a third of their life on public yeah. transit because of the way mm-hmm. things set up and people in certain neighborhoods absolutely rejecting the concept of public transit going through where they live yeah mm-hmm. all right let's talk streaming ratings real quick so you know the this uh weekly report that nielsen is dropping is from a month ago but it Recently came out with a report that said Sweet Tooth. I don't I don't know if you guys remember that Netflix series where like it's a child, half child, half deer is. I'm sorry, what? what? No- <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's sorry, based what? on a DC comic. Yeah, we both that is, huh? It's based on a DC comic that, you know, has been around for a little while, I guess. But it was the number one thing. But it also has like eight episodes. And this whole thing is based on numbers of minute number of minutes watched so mm-hmm. when you like take that into account the top things that were watched this week were Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney Plus which i think just went from like costing money to not costing money a month ago okay. and Loki mm-hmm. and Loki comes out like one episode at a time so with one episode available it was watched you know like, if you divide the number of minutes by number of episodes, like, those one-off movies were watched, like, four and five times as much as, like, some of these streaming shows. Mm. Which you can't, you can't like, necessarily make do that math. I'm sure people were only, like, watching one episode of Sweet Tooth or whatever some yeah, of the time. Can, but can, can, we, can we go back to that really quick? What is you the said math? It's a half boy deer or half human, half deer. I just Googled it. Which and half? it looks like a child who has like fun little deer ears and antlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest is just like a human body. It, oh, and this like is, sugar this we're is... going down. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Perfect. I'm there. Yeah. Um, but like uh, what what are the ratios? You know, uh, but I guess in sugar we're going down. He didn't have the he had human ears, right? The uh, sugar we're going yeah. down guy. No, we're going so, down swinging. Uh, the boyfriend, like the whole conceit of the video was that the dad hated the boyfriend because he had the antlers and the antlers yes. would get stuck on stuff. And then it turned out that the dad had like deer hind legs or something, and that's why mm. it was like he was self hating. Yeah, I don't know why I still have that in my spirit, but yeah. So he had I mean, ears and antlers, I think. Loaded God complex, cock it and pull it. Let's get down. But the whole thing with this, I'm curious. Like, if you're going to be a hybrid, this is where I get this. Is when I when I because the second you said half deer, half human, I I, I pictured a centaur. Right. Same. How much of the body do we collectively, the three of us, do we believe if you are a dual species hybrid, what's the ratio of uh, features? appendages body style that you need to have that it doesn't because this just seems like like a kid with antlers you know i'm right. not i'm not really feeling the whole like I, I don't know if his feet or hooves or what but i'm curious if 
you feel if you're as neurotic as I am and being like, there are not enough deer features. This is merely a child <laughs> with antlers. Right. Uh, and well, I don't know why I'm thinking that deer. I think if you look at a Punnett square, like it depends <laughs> on a lot of chance in terms of genetics. And there's like, sure, okay. Uh, I, I feel like, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't, I'm not comparing mixed race people to animals. I just want to be very clear on that. But Thank you. I appreciate with that. mixed race people, <laughs> there are people who are siblings who look completely different, but yeah. they have the same quote unquote percentage of their parents' DNA. So I'm wondering in this, if you can have somebody who is part deer and like the same oh, level right. of parts. Although Anna has said that it's about a disease where people start having half animal kids and then they want to exterminate them all because they don't get it. So oh my God. I don't think it's genetics now that I'm looking okay. at that. Um, so some kind of Anna. global ailment. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But that would be cool. Like, this is my sister. Like, that's a deer. And you're like, fuck you, man. Open your fucking <laughs> Don't be so rigid. Are you serious? Right. Bojack oh, Horseman kind of delves into that where they have human animal relationships and then there will be like a deer child and a human child and their siblings. Yeah. Sorry. What were we saying about streaming? <laughs> so, well, Barry, <laughs> D- Barry Diller came out and was like, the movie industry as we know it is dead because like people aren't like they're not doing the same like huge marketing campaigns and right. again the it was an interview with NPR where he i have to believe was using a body double who was in an old man mask just based on the picture people <laughs> can go look at it themselves but like i mean that's true in so far as like all industries and all things are constantly evolving and the version of them that existed yesterday is dead today but like i still think movies have more cultural like juice in terms of like how much of a mind share and like how much of the images that we have in our unconscious minds like they are contributing to over over streaming content and over really anything else like when you look at like even those streaming movies that you know dominated this week raya and loki isn't a movie but it was it was one episode at a time like they are we're looking at like nine million people watching them this week. And like F9 has been watched by 50 million people. So it's a, it's like the the movies that are that a lot of people go see are still like being like injected into the global shared consciousness. Like I think more than really anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I think until like the act of going to a theater is fully done, that's when I think the industry has a problem because yeah. there's just going to a movie is just still a very enjoyable experience for the most part. Mm-hmm. And because of that, yeah, I think uh, until that shifts in some fundamental way where people are like, dude, we don't fucking need movie theaters anymore because right. our, I don't know, we were able to wear Oculus headsets that makes everything IMAX or projection technology changes such where the you know the screens are watching but i think there's just something too about it's like a real low energy concert going to a movie yeah. you know like you're there other people are like yeah they must fuck with it too if they're here so whatever let's watch this we'll laugh and then i'll or cry or whatever and then we leave and you kind of have that sense of being around people but yeah i don't know barry diller we'll just, uh, just stick to being a, a old guy i feel like fame. movies we're still going to want to have that experience and probably more now that we've been deprived of like collective human experiences. But I think that the movie industry as it exists should change. I don't think it should die. I think it should change a lot. And like, I think that more movies should be accessible. 
Like there are a lot of movie theaters that don't give great caption options. I, I yeah. wish that at or least at two showings every day. Yeah. yeah. I wish at least two showings every day. Captions on the screen. Like I would go to those showings and I am a hearing person, but people think that good acting is whispering. I don't know when that happened, <laughs> but people are like, I have right. to tell you. It's right. true. <laughs> I know the truth. Like, no, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Right. It was when Lost in Translation got away with like the big ending line being so whispered and we couldn't hear it. And people were like, oh shit, it's artistic. Is that how that movie ends? I've never seen Lost in Translation. Oh, yeah. There's like a big whispered moment where we don't know what oh, he says. Yeah, I'm not watching that it's movie. Like, no whispering. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like if you make things accessible to more people more people will do the thing and i don't know where that's getting lost in translation for the people who are in charge Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah i think that there was something really powerful about seeing like trolls world tour do really well both uh do really do really well with streaming because like taking kids to the movies is i'm sure you know jack a true hassle it's like it it's it's an adventure and if you can yeah. watch a movie with your kids at home and you can watch it again and again and again, because the kids are going to watch it again and again and again, and it's more financially accessible, then that's going to be great. And there are just there needs to be a hybrid model where people aren't thinking about the way that we've been doing it and thinking about how we can push things forward and innovate and make movies better for more people. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's oof. things things I, that I was just going to say, if, if you like watching movies over and over again with the kids, you guys should check out Divix. What's Divix? Oh, man, it's a DVD technology. Rather than renting the most expensive DVDs from your home, you can buy... Never mind. Do y'all remember (laughs) Divix? That stupid-ass pay-per-view DVD thing you had to hook your DVD player up to a phone line? Oh, my God. Never mind. No. For the real tech lames out there. (laughs) I was was just about to Google it and be like, oh, shit, I got to get into Divix. (laughs) No, it was a thing because a DVD would be like 30 bucks or whatever in the early days. They were like, buy a Divix. And then, like, every time you want to watch it, it's only, like, two bucks. And then over time, you can just watch it and not have to pay for buying The Matrix on DVD. You just rent it. But people are like, but... I'm going to watch The Matrix 15 yeah, times. It's not like, worth it for me. They're like, how does this work? And, like, it has to be in a phone line. It's like, yeah, just dial in, and then we'll charge you. <laughs> and they're like, this is a... T- it didn't last for more than two seconds, but... But to uh, Barry Diller's point, though, like, something that felt very different to me and new was so this movie the tomorrow war came out oh, on amazon yeah. last weekend yeah. with chris pratt. pratt pratt yeah america's yeah. least favorite chris well apparently not because so <laughs> i was just based on the marketing like there there was some marketing but it didn't seem like anybody was really like talking about it that it was trending that many places uh mike mitchell from doughboys is in it so i had heard him talk about it a lot and and Sam Richardson's in it. Like, it's the sort of thing that I should have, like, kind of been into. But I was just like, it really didn't. The marketing didn't do it for me. It just seemed like a vague action movie. And but it was only released on Amazon Prime. And it apparently was, like, very successful on Amazon Prime, which I was I did not see coming just based on like, it seemed like the sort of thing that was going to flop if it had been in theaters. But for whatever reason, Amazon Prime is saying that it's like broke all their records and everybody watched it. Mm. So broke their records, though. Who's watching right. other things on Amazon Prime? Like who's watching a ton of movies on Amazon Prime? Not to shade Very them. Fair. Very. It's fair. just I'm I I don't know anybody who's seen this movie. 
yeah. which doesn't mean anything because I'm in my own little liberal bubble. But <laughs> like very interesting to hear that. Yeah. It, it was very popular internationally, which I think a lot of action movies tend to be. Mm-hmm. And and to your point, the number one movie in the history of Amazon Prime to that point. So the records it was breaking were from Coming to America, too. So it, that mm-hmm. that's not like that's a movie that probably would have been successful were we not in the midst of a global pandemic. But it wouldn't have been like a holds the record for the box office in a given year type thing. Right. I heard that it's full propaganda from our producer, Anna, the, the Tomorrow. What's the movie? I can't even remember the name of the movie. Tomorrow War? Is that it? The Tomorrow War. Yeah, it's a bad name. Yeah. It used to be called The Ghost Draft, <laughs> and then it was turned called The Tomorrow War, and they're all bad. Apparently, it's full propaganda, according to Anna Hosnia. But yeah, it's got a really good cast of comedians like Sam Richardson, Mary Lynn Reichskopf, and Mike Mitchell. So, hey, mm-hmm. shout out to cops. Well, Karama, it has been such a pleasure having you on uh, The Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you and follow you? People can follow me at Karama Drama on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, people can find me. Um, I was in a web series called Tricycles that just came out this summer. Check it out on, I think it's tricyclesshow.com. And uh, check out my episode of iCarly that's going to air on July 22nd. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations again. Yeah. Congrats. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Is there? Yes. America's favorite auntie, Dion Warwick, <laughs> tweeted yesterday about how she's been learning about memes, but she spelled it capital M E, capital M E. So I think she's calling them memes, which yeah, just like thrills me. <laughs> so she said, I'm trying to learn about memes. I want to make one on my own with this photo. What would you create? And then it's a picture of this dog holding a ball that looks like it's from a ball pit, just like a yellow dog. And it just makes me so happy. And the way <laughs> yeah. that like people are responding is very sweet and wholesome. And everybody's like, yeah, Auntie Dion, I'll help you. This is a meme right. I would make. This is a meme I would make. And I just think we should all treat each other on the internet the same way we treat Dion Warwick on the internet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, it's easier said than done. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other show, 420 Day Fiance. Uh, check that one out. Twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance if you like 90 Day Fiance and weed or either. It, it, it works. It works either way. A tweet that I like from Dana Donnelly at Dana Donnelly, D-O-N-L-Y, tweeting, my ex would always reply to random girls' Instagram stories. And when I called him on it, he was like, well, if it makes you feel better, they usually don't even respond. Like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> makes me feel better to learn my boyfriend is not only shady, he's also undesirable. Oh, my God. <laughs> she keeps coming with the fucking heat rocks on Twitter. So, oh my yeah. Love Dana. <laughs> A couple tweets I've been enjoying. Earl Sweatshirt tweeted, I thank God every day that my son is a pleasure to be around. He saves his greatest challenges for his strongest soldiers, and he knows I'm not strong enough to be locked in with a bad vibes baby. Uh, (laughs) Which is very true of me as well. Uh, And then Katie Sexhaver St. Ange at Skatey420 tweeted, description, too nervous to ask for emotional support. Man, it smells like wrong dog in here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man I 
I think that might be my favorite tweet oh of all time. I, I was like, what's wrong, dog? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. Mastered the form. Wow. Such a perfect tweet. Well done, <laughs> man. It's like, wrong dogging. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and then you just I burst into tears one. when they ask you. Yeah. Oh, man. It smells like wrong What's wrong, dog? Just <laughs> 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 oh, oh, shit. I'm going to try that on my therapist. Like, yeah, yeah. It smells like wrong dog. <laughs> like, so glad you asked. Now, this week, we're talking about this, 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 and this. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode. As well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? This is going to be a, a track from Salt. You know, if you remember Will from uh, the Bubble Trouble podcast. He's talking Owl. about Salt. And you know, it is a great band. And let's just let's just take out, look, we've, we've gone out on why, 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 why before. But this time we'll do Wildfires. And yeah, it's just... This is good music, man. It's good yeah. music. It's nice to hear people play instruments and be joyful and it, it sound good. So this is Salt, S-A-U-L-T, with Wildfires. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 